Hey, welcome to New Life. If you're new to New Life, we're clapping for Jesus, not for me, all right? You should know that. We're so glad that you showed up today, wherever you're listening with us, worshiping with us. We're glad you're here. My name's Chris. I'm one of the pastors, and we're at our final week of our teaching series called Misquoted, and today I just want to jump right into it. I have a lot of scripture today. Somebody told me at one time, if you're going to preach to people, use a lot of scripture, it might, might be the most important thing you say. Uh, so we're going to use a lot of scripture. Don't grade every sermon on that, by the way, because sometimes we got to dig into dig into scripture. But I want to talk to you about the power of your words, and I truly believe that if you will apply this to your life, if you'll get an understanding on the power of your words and apply it to your life, that it will make a tremendous difference, and that if you will look back years from now and see the difference that God will make in your life. So let's talk about the power of your words. One of the most uh, the, the wisest men who ever lived was named Solomon, and he said this in Proverbs 18. He said, the tongue can bring, and say it with me, can bring death or life. One more time, the tongue can bring death or life. There's incredible power in the words that we speak. Our words can be life-giving or life-crushing. They can be life-giving or they can be life-crushing. Now, words seem like such small things. Like, it doesn't matter what I say. They're such small things, but they have incredible power. In fact, I want to give you, uh, give you a truth that can be misunderstood and misquoted. While it's, while it's very true, we're going to talk about how it can be misquoted, and it's this. If you want to change your life, change the words that you speak. If you want to change your life, change the words that you speak. You see, our words have an incredible power. They're not insignificant, though they seem insignificant. They have incredible power to bring life, to be life-giving, or to bring death, to be life-crushing. Look what James, who was the brother of Jesus, said about our words. He said, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. So a small thing can create a big difference. He says, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. So he's giving us a metaphor for our words, and he says, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. So the tongue can can make grand speeches and move the crowds. And then here's what he says, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Again, a metaphor for how something very small, our words, can have an incredible impact. If you want to change your life, change the words that you speak. That's very true, but it also can be misquoted. And here's an example. I remember years and years ago that I was, in, I was going to Bible college, and I, I'm not sure if my wife was with me, but it was at the very beginning of my uh, freshman year, or excuse me, my sophomore year, I transferred in, and I was looking for a church home, and so all my friends, we were visiting all these churches, and I remember being at this one church, and the pastor was speaking about the power of your words, and how your words can make an incredible difference and have a great impact on your life. And at one point in the message, he had everybody stand to their feet and he said, all right, I just want your, per- your words have power. I just want you to speak out whatever it is that you want. And all around me in this church, there were people just shouting out prayer-like to the Lord of what they wanted in their life. And I literally heard around me, Money to me, money to me, right? And me and my friends and I, we were, we were um, 
Onry? Is that, is, can I put it that way? And, and my friend, I remember him saying, I want a Lamborghini, right? And he would say all this, he's a freshman in college and you want a Lamborghini. But it was literally, there were people sincere trying to speak into existence the blessings from the Lord. And I got to say, that's where we can misquote how powerful our words are. Here's the problem. James also says, when you ask, you do not receive. And here it is, because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. He's speaking to Christ followers and saying that when you speak these words, these prayerful words, here's one reason why you're not seeing those prayers come to pass or be answered by the Lord because your motive is to spend it on your own pleasures. It's the same essence of a story that Jesus told about a lost son. You may know this story as the prodigal son. But this son demanded from his father that he would receive his inheritance early. And the Bible says that he took his inheritance and he left home and he went out and he spent it on his pleasures, on wild living. He wasted it on his pleasures. It's the same essence of James saying, you ask, but you do not receive because you want to spend what you get on your own pleasures. You see, your words have the power of life and death. Your words have, they do have the power of life, but the source and the truth of your words really do matter. If you want to change your life, change the words that you speak. So, there's the danger zone in that we could be so self-centered and think that our words that we speak, that God is just kind of like this, uh, this candy machine. If we say the right thing, he's going to just bless us. But how also can this be true? Well, let's look once again at one of the wisest men who ever lived and what he said in Proverbs 12, 18. He said, the words of the reckless pierce like swords. Have you ever been pierced by words? Have you ever had a, a word spoken to you and it felt like a, a sword was just thrust through your heart? That's what he said about the power of the words. But then look at this. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. The words that you speak have incredible power. They can bring life or death. They can be life-giving or life-crushing. You see, somebody can say the right word at the right time and it just blesses you, right? You've experienced that? They say the right word at the right time, and it has an incredible power to bring healing into your life. Your words really do matter. If you show me a thriving marriage, a marriage that, man, there's just great chemistry, there's great joy, there's great relationship, I guarantee you it's filled with life-giving words. On the other hand, if you show me a marriage that's struggling, I will also guarantee you that there are life-crushing words from time to time being spoken in that marriage. If there's a church that's filled with relational harmony and love, it is filled with life-giving words. In contrast, if there's a church that is fractured relationally, it, one of the hallmarks of it will be life-crushing words spoken spoken uh, behind someone's back in private in different scenarios or sometimes right out in public. See, words have incredible power. Look again what Solomon said about the power of your words in Proverbs 15.4. He says, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue or an evil tongue crushes the spirit. Crushes the spirit. Now, if I could look at each and every one of you in the eye, 
I would say to you that I know this about you, though I may not know your story, I know that you have had life-crushing words spoken to you, that your spirit's been crushed by the words that someone at one time has said to you. You know, it can be as meaningless as somebody saying, so did you dress yourself today? Anybody have that uh, said to them, asked to them today? (laughs) Did you mean to get that type of haircut? (laughs) Or as meaningless, but a little more harsh as, hey, when are you finally going to get married? And, And it could be crushing. Or maybe it's something more intentional, like, you know, I, I don't have time for you right now. You're, you're pathetic. I wish I'd never married you. Words can be crushing, and I know that each and every one of you have had words spoken to you that can be crushing, that can crush your spirit. On the other hand, we've all been blessed by words. I'm so glad that I married you. I'm so glad that you're on our team. You, you add incredible value to our team. I'm so glad that I hired you. Life-giving words bring healing, don't they? Man, they just recharge you. They bring, they bring life to you. It's something that, that I try to practice, and I'm not the best at it. In fact, I, have to, it's, I almost have to make a checklist sometimes to remember <laughs> to do this, but I, I, I try to make a habit from when my children were very young. In fact, my oldest, Juliana, when she was a little girl and I would tuck her into bed, we had this, we had this recitation, this kind of tradition that we would go over that I taught her. And I spoke life over her and she would then speak it over herself and she would say, I am Juliana Puccini. I am destined for greatness. I can do all things through Christ." who gives me strength. And then she would quote Isaiah 61 as a four-year-old. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. From a young age, I wanted her to see that God's hand was on her life. My my son Ryan will say, I'll say to this, this to him all the time. I'll say, Sonny, that's my nickname for him. Sonny, one of them. Sonny, you are the best son in the entire world. And he's still, he's not old enough yet where he won't uh, return the compliment and say, you're the best dad ever. Life-giving words spoken. My daughter, Chloe, her nickname's Peanut. And I'll say to her, uh, among other names, Coco, we have all kinds of nicknames. I'll say, how did you get so cute, Peanut? And from a very early age, she would say, she would just smile and say, God made me that way. And at one point, she started switching that to, I got it from mom, not you. Uh, You know? (laughs) (laughs) life-giving words and my wife is she she's an incredible she's an incredible wife she's an incredible cook and and oftentimes when she makes a meal for us and we sit down and we eat it and it's so good we'll just applaud this is amazing we'll applaud the meal because we're applauding her and speak life-giving words over one another I don't say that to to highlight how amazing our family is we have our own dysfunction all right just I guarantee you but to give you some examples of ways that you can just put into practice speaking life-giving words and so instead of using your words when when we understand that our words have the power to change our life and our future 
to make an incredible impact, instead of using your words to, to get your sinful desires to manipulate others, it's not about that. Use them to speak life. So instead of doing it just to get what my sinful nature, my soulful heart wants, use your words to speak life, which is what God wants for you. And when you do that, it will change your life. It will change your future. So I, I want us to do an evaluation of our words, all right? So this is private just to you. You could do it in your own mind. You could do it on your phone or the notes that you're taking. But on a scale from 1 to 10, we're going to throw up a scale. On a scale from 1 to 10, I want you to think about the words that you speak to others. If they're life-crushing or life-giving. So how do I evaluate this? So, so if you you think about the words that you speak to others if they're filled with things like, why are you so lazy? You stop annoying me. You say to someone else, can you believe that they wore that to church and they're on the worship team or something like that? Sorry, worship team, sorry. You guys look great today. <laughs> or, or, you know, if your words are filled with statements similar to that, then you're going to give yourself a lower score, one, two, three, or four. Or four. Or if your words are filled with statements like, you are the best wife. I'm so glad that I married you. I'm so glad that we get to work together. You're an amazing life group leader. Thanks for having us in your home every week and all that you do. If your words are filled with life-giving statements, then you're going to give yourself a seven, eight, nine. So I want you to really do that. At all of our locations right now, I want you to really think, what score would you give as you audit the words that you speak to other people? I want you to write it down. I want you to capture that number in your mind. Now I want to ask you to, to grade yourself on a scale from 1 to 10 about your self-talk, the things that you say to yourself. If you're saying things like, life is never going to get better, I'm always going to be stuck, nothing ever works out for me, everybody's against me, it's going to be a lower score. Or if you're filling your statements, your self-talk with things like, I can do all things through Christ, this is going to be a great day, God is for me, right? You're going to put a higher score. And let me just tell you, you got the scores in your mind? Let me just tell you, if you did not put a 10 on both of those, then you have an incredible room for improvement. And God can help you. And it's going to make all the difference in the world. Now, we're going to get to how this is not just a self-help talk. Because we need to be changed from the inside out. So don't check out on me, that somebody that knows where I might be going with this track with me because we're going to look at scriptures. But here's some principles to live by when it comes to the power of your words, all right? So this is going to sound like your mama's speaking right now, all right? Uh, so don't shut me out. But to write this down is very, very helpful. If it's not helpful, don't say it. Let's all say that together. If it's not helpful, don't say it. At all of our locations, let's say it together. If it's not helpful, don't say it. Raise your hand if your mom ever told you that, right? If you don't have something good to say, keep your mouth shut, right? If it's not helpful, then do not say it. God has given you the ability, it doesn't matter your age or where you come from, the culture that you come from, God has given you the ability to filter what comes out of your mouth. In fact, he commands it. The Apostle Paul commanded this of Christ's followers. Do not let any, say any. any. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. 
but only, say only, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Do not let any unwholesome, unhelpful talk come out of your mouths. Now that's very convicting, isn't it? Nothing should escape my lips. Nothing should be given life, verbalized, that's unwholesome, that's not beneficial. Now for some of you, if you would just apply this verse to your life, it would change everything. This should become a life verse for you. For some of you, if you would apply this to your marriage today, to your relationships at work, to your friendships, to how you engage people at church and outside of church, then your whole time at New Life today was worthwhile if you'd apply this verse. And let me bring you an important truth. This does not mean, this verse does not mean that everything is a compliment. Because some of you are thinking, I'm going to have to lie then, right? (laughs) Unwholesome is life crushing. It's damaging. But life-giving words are beneficial even if it's hard to hear. You tracking with me? You see, we misquote scripture and what it says about our words when we think that it only means that I can say flattering things to other people. That's not what it says. Every single year in November, all of our pastors, we get together and we have a couple day meeting where we get together, we hang out together, we do some fun stuff together, but we're also praying and planning and seeking God for the next year. We're doing some team building things and all that. And one of the things that we do, we call it our one thing statement, our one thing statement. And what we're doing is we're giving feedback to one another of things that we need to start doing or things that we need to stop doing for the betterment of the team and for the mission of the local church. And so we're getting feedback. Everybody's telling me, Chris, here's one thing you need to start doing and stop doing. And so I'm getting all that feedback and I'm synthesizing it or trying to understand what they're saying, what they see as brothers and sisters in Christ, teammates, what the Holy Spirit is saying. And then out of that, I make a commitment. This year, I will start doing this. I will stop doing this for the betterment of the team and for the mission of New Life Church. It can be life-giving. Now, some of you, that sounds very scary. If it's founded on trust, though, we trust one another, it's life-giving. Look what Proverbs says basically about this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve his hidden agenda. The relationship in this is the key. So here's a tip, because we need to speak words but we need to speak them in love. And sometimes they're not just flattering or commendable. They're words of correction. There's, there's words that uh, somebody needs to improve on something in their life. And so when you love someone enough to say the right words that they need, that are beneficial, that they need to prove upon, for their benefit, you need to stop. Here's a, here's a tip, okay? This is not from Scripture. This is just logic. Stop and ask, do I have relational permission to speak this word of correction, or this word of insight, this word of criticism? Do I have relational permission that they're going to hear what I have to say and take it? Well, if they do, if, they, if you do have that relational permission, then speak the truth that is beneficial. But here's another tip. Add two or three things along with that statement that are affirming statements, okay? You might say it first. 
you, I'm so glad that I hired you, that you're on this team. You are amazing at this. And then bring the criticism. It's not manipulation. What it is, is affirming the relationship, right? When you do that, it reinforces the safety of your relationship. It's saying, I love you. I'm for you. I believe in you. We're in this together. I need you to speak into my life, so I'm going to speak some beneficial things to you. And if it's not beneficial, then don't say it. Don't say it. Second a principle that will help you, if you think of something good, give it life by saying it. If something good comes into your mind, give it life by saying it. If you think of something good about yourself, say it. I know that sounds weird, but say it. If you think of something good about God, say it. Give life to your words by speaking it. If you think of something good about this church, say it to somebody else, inside or outside of this church, about your spouse, say it. If you think of something good about your kids, say it. If you think of something good about your parents, your boss, give it life. Give those thoughts life by saying it. So don't just think it. Don't just think it. Give it life by saying it. Here's why. Proverbs says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Kind words are like honey. They're sweet for the soul. There's even this healing factor when it comes to your words. Notice he didn't say kind thoughts are healing. It doesn't help you if I'm thinking about you, right? But if I set the thoughts free by telling you, then it has the power to bless you. So if it's not beneficial, don't say it. If you think of something good, give it life by saying it. Don't hold back the opportunity to bless somebody. Say it. Speak it. Speak something that's life-giving to someone else. Words have the power to be life-crushing or life-giving. And I know all of you have had life-giving experiences and you've had life-crushing experiences. I remember when I was really young, maybe first, second grade, my parents moved to a new town, and I had this teacher. This is going to tell you the power of words because it's one of the only teachers I remember her name. Her name was Mrs. Eismanger. If you're listening, Mrs. Eismanger, I'm sorry about this story. (laughs) I don't think that she might be still with us, but Mrs. Eismanger was my teacher, and I remember moving into this classroom, and and all I remember, I don't remember if I was a hyperactive kid or or what the deal was, but I remember her words so clear that she said to me, she said, Chris, because I'd moved there kind of mid-year, she said, Chris, everything was fine in this class until you came along. So imagine that, you're six years old or seven. And so I was crushed and I went home and I was crushed and my dad said, Chris, what's wrong? Mrs. Eisminger said, Chris, everything was fine until you came along. Now, if you know my dad, you know that there was an immediate meeting (laughs) and conversation that I didn't realize or know about until the next day that Mrs. Eismanger was trying to make up for her life-crushing words to me. And contrast that with, for example, my father, who never, think about my relationship with my father, never once in my life, ever, do I remember a life-crushing word that he ever spoke over me. I remember the rod of discipline, to put it in a biblical way, right? 
I remember discipline for sure, but I never remember a life-crushing word. In fact, if my dad was on this platform today, he is preaching at his own church in Arizona right now. If he was here today, he would completely annoy you by talking about my siblings and me. I mean, we are rock stars in his mind. He is so incredibly proud of us. Life-giving words were always spoken over me and my siblings growing up. And while I had life-crushing situations and words spoken over me, but the trajectory of my life and the the inner confidence of who I am in Christ was forever changed by life-giving words. So if it's it's not beneficial, don't say it. If you think of something good, say it, set it free, and not just to other people, say it to yourself. Some of you need to hear this. If you go back and evaluate the words that you speak, some of you have very self-destructive self-talk. And you need to speak life over yourself. I love the story of a king in the Old Testament named David. He was leading Israel, and the Bible says he was a king after God's own heart, but he had a tremendous challenge ascending to the throne. And in one case, people were wanting to kill him. They were wanting to stone him. And if you put yourself in his shoes, people are just out to kill you. It could be very easy to have destructive, negative self-talk going on. But look what it says happened. It says, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. While everybody wanted to kill him, it says David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Sometimes I just need to encourage myself with life-giving words in the Lord. God, I believe your call upon my life. Though someone else doesn't believe it and they've just tried to crush me, I believe your call on my life. I believe, God, that you're working all things for my good. God, you're going to give me strength and faith to trust you and to walk out this plan that you have for me today. This difficult conversation, I'm going to have, God, I believe that you are with me. You're going to give me wisdom. I have everything that I need in you to accomplish the mission that you've given me. Sometimes you just need to encourage yourself in the Lord about the truth of who you are, if you're a Christ follower, who you are in Christ, and that God is for you. He's not against you. Words are powerful. They can be life-giving. They can be life-crushing. If you want to change your life and your future, change the words you speak. We can get this very, very wrong when we think that the, because life or words are life-giving, that that means we can give life to our impure desires and wrongfully try to speak into existence something that's meant that we intend to spend on our selfish, impure desires. The source and the truth of your words really do matter. If it's not beneficial, don't say it. Don't speak it. Speak affirming truths along with the constructive, beneficial criticisms that you need to give to somebody you have relational um, relationship with. If you think of something good, give it life by speaking it, set it free. Don't just think it. Say it to others. Amen? Say it to others. And speak it over yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. This is not just a self-help talk. Because the Bible says this in Luke 6.45. This is not in your notes, but let me just bring this all together today as we get ready to wrap it up. It says the good person, speaking of somebody who is righteous on the inside, who has been changed on the inside, the good person out of the good treasures of his heart produces good. 
And the evil person out of the evil treasures produces evil. And then it says this, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. A good tree will produce good fruit. What you say comes from what is going on on the inside, which is very much impacted of, uh, by your thinking. That's why we need to understand what we're supposed to do. We need God to come and renew our mind. This is not just about, okay, give me, Pastor Chris, give me like 20 positive statements that I could speak over my life and people, and if I just put that into practice, start speaking positive things, and positive things were going to happen. No, it starts by letting God change you from the inside out. Change the way you think. Purify your heart and your mind, and out of that pure heart will come life-giving words. Your prayers will change. They won't be prayers just to, to waste them on your own desires, but prayers to bless to build his kingdom, prayers that are in sync with the heart of God. Your words really do matter. If you want to change your life, change the words that you speak. But let it start from the inside, from the heart, from the heart. If you're a Christ follower today, if you're following Jesus, you've given your life to him. He's your Lord and he's your leader. I want to talk to you just for just for a moment, as we get ready to, to close and contemplate, God, what are you saying to me today? I want to speak to you if you're a Christian. Your words, they reflect your heart. Luke 6.45 says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. What you say to others, about others, to yourself, about yourself, comes from your heart. And so let me ask you, if, if you would go back to that word audit, the things that you're saying to others, about others, to yourself, about yourself, what do they indicate to you? It's the condition of what's going on on the inside. What needs to change? What needs to change? It, it starts, again, not just by modifying your behavior, though God's going to give you self-discipline. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Self-discipline. But it's not just about modifying your behavior, but surrendering your heart and bringing it before him. God, I, these thoughts about other people are there. They're, they're in my heart, and that's why they come out. God, change my heart. Break my heart. Give me a love that's beyond my capacity to have for other people so that the words that come out are not just forced. But they're authentic and real. See, so let Jesus change you from the inside out. This is not a legalistic self-help type of message that if we just start behaving properly, things are going to change. We really truly need God to change us from the inside out. Renewing of your mind. And then give life to your words. Give life to your words. This week, put it into practice. This week, let the words free. Set the words free. Speak life over your spouse, your parents, your kids. Your boss, your employees, your relationships, your grandkids, speak life. You have a difficult person that you're working with? Man, all the thoughts are negative. Let God change your heart, give you a deep love for them, and then speak life to them. Speak life over them. I've had life-crushing words just like you spoken to me. It stings, it robs, it's painful. And today there's some of you that this whole time, 
the life-crushing words have just been coursing through your mind of what people have said. You've even to the point where you believe it. If it's about your past, if it's basically true because it's about your past, God has forgiveness for you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. There can be new words spoken about who you are. You're valuable to God. God created you with the intention of spending eternity with you. And at all of our locations, if you're listening online right here in Kearney, I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to speak life over you. Psalm 139. As if God himself, this, this chapter is flipped around and instead of a prayer that's gone up about God from a psalmist, I'm going to speak these words as if God is saying it to you. I see you. I know you. I know everything you do and what you're thinking. I know your words before they even escape your lips. Even when you don't see it, I have my hand on you, protecting you. So even if you tried, you could not escape my reach. See, I created you from the inside out. With my own hands, I put you together in your mother's wombs. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the wonderful handiwork of myself. Don't believe anything less. I had my eye on you from the moment of your conception. Before I even formed you, you were on my mind and I had mapped out every single day of your life. So right now, I see you. I love you. If you only knew how much, it would blow your mind. God says those words over you. God created you. He sees you. He loves you. Today, can you just break the back of the life-crushing words that have been spoken over your life? Let God break that by surrendering to him, by giving in to the truth that he created you for a purpose. Today, before you leave, before you leave this place, before you log off online, wherever you are, before you disconnect from this moment, you can surrender. If you have not surrendered to Jesus, you can surrender your life to him and allow him to be your Lord and leader. Would you stand with me as we pray? God, thank you that you love us that you've called us, that you are, you are singing songs over us. When you see us, we are the apple of your eye. We are the treasure of your heart. We are the, uh, the, the manifestation of the intention of creation you see in us. And so God, we reject the life-crushing words that might have been spoken over us in our life. We reject the negative self-talk, the defeating, depressing thoughts that we give life to when we open our mouths. God, we reject them and we embrace your truth. So God, I pray for my friends that need to today surrender to you, that they would put their faith in who you are and who you said that you've called them to be, sons and daughters. I pray they put their faith and trust in you. God, I pray that we would be people 
that are passionately pursuing a life that reflects who you are, that we would give life with our words, that we would not misquote you and think that that the words that we speak have power just to give us the things that we want from selfish motivation, from evil, impure desires, that we would be greedy and self-focused. That is repugnant to you, God. But we would see our words as opportunity to bless and bring life and to see your kingdom built, to see the people around us thrive because it's an expression of your love and your compassion and your truth. So may we be people who speak life. I pray that husbands today would speak life over their marriages and over their kids. That moms today would speak life into their husbands and over their families. Grandparents and children and bosses and employees and friends. God, we would be people who speak life and give life and our life will be forever changed. Because we allowed you to change us, your ways to become our ways. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.